Welcome to the Expanded By Podcast. I'm your host, Chelsea. I'm a business mentor, brain rewiring certified coach, and soon to be 7D, a high energy healer. On this podcast, we're going to be talking about all things business growth, spirituality, brain rewiring, mindset, energetics, and so much more. You can connect further with me on Instagram at Expand with Chelsea and on YouTube at Expand with Chelsea. I am so excited that you're here. I hope you leave today feeling expanded by what we talk about. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited to have you here. Today's episode is going to be a two-part series. I started writing the outline for this, oh gosh, it's probably almost a year ago and it's finally the right time. It's finally the time for this to exist out in the world. I felt so inspired to push the pedal down to get this out into the world and I'm just really pumped. So in today's episode, we're talking all about how to run your business like an athlete and why you need to be running your business like an athlete. So again, this is going to be a two-part series. I have 10 ways that you can use for inspiration from athletes, 10 different things that athletes do that you can start to mirror in your business to become more successful, to conserve your energy, to learn more about yourself, to perform better, to give yourself permission to rest, all the good things. We are diving into all of it today, all of it. And yeah, I have about nine pages worth of an outline just for the first five things. So we'll do five today and then five on Thursday's episode. So be sure to tune in to the next episode as well to make sure that you're getting all of these things down. And before we dive further into this topic, I want to give you some updates. So my birthday, it's happening in about a week. I'll be 31, which is kind of crazy because when you when you're younger, you think about 30s, your 30s, and you're like, wow, whew, that's that's getting up there, right? And then you turn 30 and you're like, wait, what happened? Am I the adult? Um, I still feel like I need adults around me. Can somebody help me out here? So just feeling very much like, wow, okay, I've lived a lot of life and also feeling like I know nothing. <laughs> I feel like the more I learn, the more I anchor back into that where it's like, all right, we've got a lot to learn just when you think you've mastered something. Like, yeah, the universe just likes to show you how small you really are, not in a bad way, but in a way that really allows you to stay open, stay hungry for the learning, stay hungry for the lessons. So I'll be turning 31 on May 10th. And to celebrate, I am, oh, I'm so excited. I'll be hosting a sale for 31% off three pack high energy healing sessions. So this has truly been one of my favorite ways to connect lately is to be giving these healing sessions. I've seen massive transformations in my clients in just one session. It's actually insane. Um, if you would have told me about a year ago that this is what I would be doing inside my business, that this would be a big part of it is this energy healing component, I would have been like, yeah, I don't think so. That path is not meant for me. And then I started to go through the process on myself using energy healing on myself and saw such big shifts and changes. And not going to lie, I was really hesitant. I think there was a part of my soul that knew that things were really going to get sh shooken up. Like things were really going to change after I went through this process. And I think a little piece of me was was afraid of that and I didn't want to fully step in, but it's not really one of those things that you can half-ass. You can't half in, half out. You've got to be in or it's not going to work. So I went all in. I've seen big, big changes in my personal life, my relationships, in my business, in my mindset, in the way that I carry myself, in my physical body. There have just been so many things that I've seen that sharing this with clients and with other people, like I know that this is a big piece of my mission. And as a business owner working with other business owners, you know, sometimes we get so caught up on the strategy and we're like, okay, I've got to post this many times to Instagram and I've got to warm up my audience and go through this launch phase and make sure I'm doing all these things strategically. And then we totally neglect the energetic side of things. What if you could actually 
have your strategy work for you much more effectively, have it be much more widespread and far-reaching without doing more work. That's what the energetic side of things is doing. It's going into where my blocks what are my patterns? What's not serving me? What's not in alignment? And using that as a shortcut. I mean, for me, whenever I go into an energy healing session, I'm like, okay, what's not serving me? What's not in alignment anymore? And those answers are not always easy to face. They are not, I mean, generally, not always the answers that I'm wanting or expecting. But when I start to lean into that and follow my intuition and follow these little nudges from the universe, I realize, oh my gosh, okay, that did need to happen. The things that I say that I want, I'm not going to get there unless I do these things. I mean, maybe I'll still get there, but it's going to be this long, winding road with all these obstacles. It's going to feel really difficult. It's going to feel like a struggle. If I could just make it easier, why would I not do that? So I'll be having 31% off of these three-pack of high energy healing sessions. And as an athlete, you know, that's what we're going to be talking about today. There are very specific things that a high can actually help you with. So as an athlete, some of the reasons that you might want to book a session would be if you have any injuries. So a high, this energy, it's extremely powerful. It operates at the frequency of miracles. It is amazing for helping to facilitate physical healing. So this is not just an energetic thing. You can actually see a lot of changes in your physical body. For me, I've been struggling with a finger injury recently. I've been pushing it too hard outside in the gym. I kind of knew it was coming. I was under a lot of stress. And for me, anytime that I'm under stress, it results in a physical Physical symptoms. So whether that is getting sick or getting injured, my body definitely lets me know it's time to slow down in a big way. So I've been using this on my finger and it has improved so much. It has dramatically cut down on the amount of healing time that it would have taken otherwise. So instead of this injury taking eight weeks, I, I think it's going to take around four to six. So I'm really thankful for this energy, being able to send it to myself and help to facilitate that physical healing process in an accelerated way. This also can be really helpful for starting to explore fear of failure and fear of success. So it's really difficult sometimes to just go into our own minds and ask ourselves these questions because we are in our brains all the time. Sometimes it's just not as easy for us to see. So having somebody from the outside start to tap in and do some of this work, we can go into your Akashic records and ask questions to try to pinpoint why is it that you might be experiencing this fear of failure or fear of success and then start to do work to release these blocks as well. We can connect with your inner child to help improve self-talk and self-worth because, I mean, if you're going out, let's say you're a climber, you're going out, or you're an athlete of any kind, and you're performing, you're training every single day, and you don't think that you're actually worthy of getting better, you don't think that you deserve it, you don't think it's actually possible for you, absolutely that's going to affect the type of results that you're getting. So when we work on these things and connect you back with your inner child, you're going to have much more compassion, grace, and understanding for yourself. And when you train and you come at things with this perspective, it changes everything. I can also be really amazing for increasing your feelings of calm and grounding. So instead of being a reactive person, we can move you more to being responsive. How do you want to act? What do you want your reaction to things to be instead of just having that knee-jerk response that maybe you feel guilty or bad about later? Maybe you get really frustrated with your performance and you take it out on your partner that you're with and then all of a sudden later you're like, oh my god, it was just because I was frustrated and upset with myself. Again, it kind of ties into that low self-worth aspect. We can also use a high to activate any dormant DNA and get any upgrades that are available to you right now. So this could be unlocking certain certain gifts, using your voice more, upping your confidence levels. There's really so much that we can do with this energy and it's all dependent on your intentions coming into this session. So this big sale is going to start Friday, May 6th and it will only run through May 10th. So you only have a couple of days to take advantage of this sale. Again, 31% off the three-pack sessions. This is an incredible deal. It takes the price of each session way, way down. So if you're wanting to experience a high energy healing with me one-on-one, -on -one, this is absolutely the direction to go. Every session, 
person is paired with intuitive guidance, any clarity and direction that comes through from your guides, and you'll also receive a custom meditation after our session together so that you can continue to facilitate your healing, continue stepping into your higher level self. So you can learn more using the link in the show notes. If you've got any questions, feel free to reach out to me on Instagram. I'm at expandwithchelsea or through email. You can email hello at expandwithchelsea.com. Other updates that I have. Okay, this is big. This is really big. I've only been planning this for two to three-ish months. It's been on the radar probably for about seven or eight months, and it's it's finally coming full circle. It's finally the time. So I'm actually completely revamping my signature business accelerator program, Ignite. I've had a lot of people go through Ignite. This is a really amazing program. I absolutely stand behind everything inside of it, but I've learned so much. I've learned so much since I put that program out in the first place and I want to update everything. So I'm stripping the slate clean, getting rid of everything and completely redoing, revamping this program. So if you are looking to start a business, maybe you are curious, you're like, okay, I have some ideas, but I I just need that direction. I need that roadmap. Give me the step-by-step guide. Or maybe you have started a business and you're just in those beginning stages. You're feeling overwhelmed. You're like, wow, what, what next? Like what direction do I even go in order to start making money so that I'm not just spending spending money on this business and still not making any. This is going to be epic. It's going to be so, so good. I'm going to be having a big sale, huge, like 50% off if you sign up for the original program before I revamp any of the material. And then, of course, you'll get access to the new program once it comes out. Everybody who has already signed up for Ignite will get access to the completely revamped program as well. It's going to be all different content, all different material completely new. So this will be happening mid-month, so stay tuned for that. I would definitely recommend hopping in on the 50% sale if you know this is something that you want to do. Once that 50% is over, then it's going to go back up to full price and I'll go through the entire launch for Ignite. I'm going to call it Ignite Rekindled. Oh, it's so good. I'm so pumped for this. So I'll put more details to Ignite and what this is going to include in the show notes if you want to look at that and stay tuned for details mid-month for that 50% off sale. It's going to be an event, that's for sure. Alrighty, let's dive into today's episode, how to run your business like an athlete and why you need to. So today's topic, it's really near and dear to my heart. I've been an athlete for almost my entire life. I started out playing t-ball, which is funny. I was asking my mom yesterday, like, what sports did I start with? And she was like, I think it was t-ball. And I was like, what a random sport to put me in. So it started with t-ball that led into dance, that led into soccer, cheerleading, swimming, that led into climbing, weightlifting, running, training for triathlons. Like, I've really done a lot of things. I've done quite a bit of CrossFit. So I've had a lot of experience in a lot of different sports. And for me, being an athlete is a huge part of my identity. I absolutely love rock climbing. It is a major passion in my life. I mean, it's a huge reason why I started my business. I wanted more free time and freedom to go climbing whenever I wanted to, to have that space to really focus on, you know, pushing my limits and seeing how how far I can take this climbing thing. So I've really done it all when it comes to sports. I would consider myself a relatively high level athlete. There was definitely a period of my time when I prioritized performing in my climbing over everything. I don't feel that way right now. I feel like I really prioritize running a business, being a really good business owner, focusing on business growth and climbing. Like those are kind of equal. And then I also have my, you know, my personal health relationships that plays into it as well. So while I was in that space where, you know, being an athlete was everything that was my identity. I've now moved into this more balanced place where I do have some other things going on. Being an athlete, it runs in my blood. And I think a lot of people listening, if you're listening, you know, you're probably coming from an athletic background. Maybe you played sports when you were younger. Maybe you have been playing them for a while, or maybe you've just gotten into them recently. Maybe working out is a newer thing for you. And thinking of yourself as an athlete, you're like, wait, what, me? Am am I an athlete? I'm here to tell you, if you work out regularly or consistently, you're an athlete. Even if you're not a high-level athlete, even if you are not, you know, working to perform, you're not working for a competition or anything, you're still an athlete. If you've got a body, 
you're an athlete. If you if you work out whatsoever, you're an athlete. There's not really a lot of parameters around that. I think people like to make it a little bit more black and white when in reality, it's this whole gray space that we get to exist in. And the amazing thing about athletes, so their jobs at the end of the day, when you look at high-level athletes, it's to perform. And it's to perform as much as they can, as well as they can, without overdoing it, to see what they're capable of. And for me, that's the thing that actually drew me to climbing is I truly want to see what I'm capable of, not just physically, but mentally as well. So climbing is not only an extremely physical sport, but the mental component, whew, okay, if you don't have a handle on the mental side of things, like you're, you, it doesn't really matter how strong you get, your brain will hold you back. And if you don't start to work on those types of things, if you don't work on your mindset, if you don't go through brain rewiring, like you're going to be stuck in those patterns until you start to do that work. So high-level athletes, you know, when we really look at them, they're basing their entire life around performing. So there's a lot of different factors that go into it you know, with their training, we need to make sure that they're not overtraining because that's going to lead to burnout. If they're overdoing it, they're not letting their body fully recover. How can they ever expect to perform to get better? It's the minimum effective dose. We're going to talk about that quite a bit. And that keyword there is effective, not just minimum dose, but we need to identify the things inside the training that are actually going to help that athlete progress and move forward. We also need to make sure that the athlete is not under training because if they're under training, they're not going to be reaching their potential. They're probably hiding. They're not exactly putting themselves out there. They're letting that fear win. They're not prioritizing the work or the workouts, the training sessions that they know they need to do. Also with athletes, it's, you know, if you have this big fear of trying something new, you're probably not going to perform your best. It's something like, what if we did add some strength training to your cardio routine and that would actually let you run faster, longer? What if that actually got you stronger so that you could have a bigger and larger capacity to run more? And it's also making sure that the athlete isn't doing too many things, never finding what works to build a base for themselves. So if you are always switching it up all the time, if you're always switching up your workouts, you're not going to build that strong base that then you can go and experiment off of. It's like we need these variables that act as constants for us, and then we can start to add in more things. But if all the variables are variables, then it's really hard to figure out what's working and what's not working. This is directly related to running your business because sometimes seeing things in a different light, if you are an athlete, if you've had an athletic background, I mean, even if you don't, I think you're really going to resonate with a lot of what I'm going to say, but sometimes just seeing things from a different perspective can make something click. It can also help us realize that, wow, okay, this actually doesn't need to be as serious as I'm making this sometimes. So I want you to tap back into this if you have an athletic background, if you consider yourself an athlete, and just remember that every day that you are working on your business is just another training day. It's just another practice. It's just another session, right? Every launch that you have is a meet or a game. This is your performance phase to get to see how your training is progressing, how it all comes together. Not every meet or competition is going to go the way that you want it to, but you learn, right? It's that growth mindset This is really going to help add a fun element to running your business. If you have a background as an athlete, I invite you to step back into your roots, step back into the things that feel comfortable for you. I know that running a business can be extremely challenging, but if you have an athletic background, step back into that. Make it easier on yourself. Like, I think a lot of us, not that we are actively trying to do this, but we are trying to act in a way that's not actually congruent with who we are at our core. So giving yourself permission to run your business like an athlete, I think is going to be an incredible shift for you. So let's go ahead and start at number 10. 10 things that athletes do that you can start mirroring in your business today. For me, you know, this has been a big part of my life. I actually, in my senior year of college, I decided to get my personal training certificate. I went through ACE fitness, got certified as a personal trainer, thought I was going to do that for a while. And that really led into me starting my first business, Lady Beta. And being able to work with, coach, and train hundreds of climbers, hundreds of climbers, and working with them and really seeing how motivated and how hardworking these athletes are really inspired me to do this entire two-part series. Okay, number 10. They set those big, audacious goals. I know that this one sounds really obvious, but what is the point of anything if you don't 
want to accomplish or achieve anything. If you're not working towards something, what's the point? I mean, if you're listening to this podcast episode, it's probably because you have a drive to improve in your life. You want to put something out there. You feel like you have a mission. You really want to help people. You want to reach a certain, you know, amount of revenue, whatever it is. You have these goals. Athletes also have goals and the high performing athletes, you know, the ones that are performing at the Olympic level, they've got some big freaking audacious goals. You know how many people probably told them this isn't going to happen for you. You're crazy. You're never going to make it to the Olympics. You're never going to win a gold medal. Let's think of Michael Phelps, for example. I mean, the man is the most decorated Olympian in history. He holds the all-time record for Olympic medals. It wasn't even possible until he did it. He literally shattered the glass ceiling. And I'm definitely going to be using a lot of examples from swimming because that was a very big part of my childhood. I swam competitively for 10 plus years. Um, that was kind of the sport that I really first fell in love with and have recently gotten back into it a little bit. And I'm like, oh, this is, this is definitely my roots. Water is definitely where I belong. But with Michael Phelps, I bet you not every person fully believed or supported him. Is that, you know, correct and what we want? Definitely not. But there are going to be people out there that think that you can't do it. And it's not that your job is to prove them wrong. It's to do it anyway. Because nobody's going to understand your vision like you will. Nobody is going to believe in yourself like you will. And Michael Phelps had to frickin' believe in himself in order to keep going back to the Olympics every four years. I mean, the man was totally, quote, past his prime when he went back to the Olympics. He had retired and said, like, actually, I'm going to come back and I'm going to do this again. And he was incredible. He was incredible. And for me, you know, watching athletes perform at those high levels, watching somebody do what they were literally born to do, whoo, wow, that's incredible. Like, it's them stepping into the highest version of themselves. They're fully owning who they are, what they're here to do. And that, that can be you as a business owner. When you fully accept that this is what you're here to do, and you start to believe in yourself, and you start to not let those little things get you down, those little comments that people might make, those moments where you're just you've got a lot of doubt, you've got a lot of fear. I mean, hey, side note, that's what makes us human is those those emotions. If you weren't doubting anything, I mean, come on. That's just not the way that things work. Those are very natural responses that we have as human beings, and it's our job. It's our opportunity to get to work through those. You probably started your business because you didn't like what was available to you. This is that creation piece. You set out to do it on your own in a new and unique way, so why are you shying away from that? What are your big audacious goals? It doesn't exist until you create it. The universe actually wants you to ask for more. You're probably playing too small. It's one of those things where it's like, okay, I'm literally just going to shoot for the moon. I'm going to shoot for the moon. I'm going to say I want to make six figures in my business when maybe in reality you're not generating anywhere near that amount of revenue and you're like, all right, I'm going to do it. And that calibrates you to that frequency. So even if you don't necessarily end up hitting six figures, you're probably going to get really freaking close. But if you would have set your goal at $50,000, well, you're probably going to land under that. Do you see what I'm saying? So you need to set those big goals, those big goals. Come back to your mission. Recall your dreams. What is meant for you will not miss you. Sometimes we, you know, make it harder on ourselves and we take the long road. But what is truly meant for you is not going to miss you. So what if you just leaned into that? What if you just trusted what if? This is something that I've really been playing with a lot lately is just realizing how much control we don't have. <laughs> like, it just becomes funnier and funnier to me that I think that I can control any little aspect. And the more that I realize that I don't need to have that control, the more that I actually can just trust. I can lean into surrender. I can flow. I don't have to be that salmon trying to swim upstream all the time. That that's really just self-sabotage. That's just me making it harder on myself. I mean, there's a cycle to life, right? The salmon, they swim upstream, they lay the eggs, and then they come back down. They don't just stay up there all the time. So where can you introduce more flow into your life? Where can you recall some of these dreams that you had that, you know, things have happened along the way, and then you've been like, oh my god, maybe they're not possible. Maybe I should sit back. Maybe I should get quieter. Maybe I should do something else. Maybe I should get a second job. Maybe I should stay in this nine-to-five that I really hate longer until I feel more ready. No, no, no. That's not the way that things work. You have this one life, this literal one life. What are you going to do with it? 
don't just sit back. Remember those goals. Remember, it's, it's not created until you decide to create it. It doesn't exist until you create it. So the inspiration that you can really take from this, from athletes setting those big audacious goals, where have your goals been too small? Where have you played too small? Where have you forgotten your goals? It's time to come back to the drawing board. It's time to remember the power that you hold inside and it's time to go big. Shoot for the moon, land among the stars. I really believe that oftentimes we are not asking enough. We are not going big enough. Where can you ask for more? Where can you go bigger? Where can you align your frequency with what it is that you know that you are called here to do? The only thing standing in your way is fear. And that is not a good enough excuse. I talk a lot about this in the work that I do with clients and how fear comes up, how our ego doesn't, it doesn't want to be told what it can and can't do. So it just likes to stay the same. But growth doesn't happen there. Growth does not happen until we challenge that fear and we ask it, is this fear that I'm feeling, is this real? Or is this a perception? Is this a story that I've been telling myself that is not actually based or grounded in reality? Starting to ask ourselves these important questions, questioning everything, question everything you've ever been told, everything you've ever told yourself. If you don't know why you think the way that you do or why you've told yourself you know, X, Y, and Z is available to you and X, Y, and Z isn't, until you question all of that, you will remain stuck and you will remain afraid. It's time to move out of those habits and patterns. If athletes can do this inside their performance, you can absolutely start to do this inside your business. Number nine is athletes train. They train intentionally and purposefully to achieve their goals. So that's why we had to start with goals. If you don't have goals, like you don't have any direction, you don't have any aim, we can't even structure the training to align you with the goals that you have. Athletes show up day in and day out, even when they're not performing or even when they feel like it's not working. This is the definition of consistency. It's not saying that athletes, they push themselves to the max every single day because that will result in overtraining. It's balancing the days that they try really hard with those rest days. We'll get into that in in one of these other points. But when things don't go how you planned them in your business, what do you do? Do you just throw in the towel and say, wow, yeah, all that work I've put into things, I'm just going to throw it out. Throwing out the baby with the bathwater. We're done. I don't want to, I don't want to do this anymore. No, absolutely not. You put too much time, you put too much effort into this. Consistency is showing up week after week, month after month. Maybe it's not always in the same way. Maybe it's not always with the same intensity. Maybe it's not always the same frequency, but you're still committed to showing up to achieve these goals that you have for yourself, these goals that you have for your business. Athletes, they trust their training. They trust in the process. They do adjust when necessary, though. So this is why they track things like HRV, their heart rate variability, because if the athlete is consistently not recovering, then things need to be adjusted. Things like training volume, training intensity, the type of training, the type of exercises that they're doing, the stimulus, the amount of rest. They have training days and rest days. There's got to be a balance to it. I'm sure most athletes don't really like taking rest days, but they trust that that is part of the process. They trust that that is what will continue to allow them to get stronger and get better at the sport that they love. I mean, it's the same thing with business owners. Like, I know most business owners, like, yes, we we quit our jobs and start working for ourselves, and then all of a sudden we're like, oh my god, I'm working all the time. And you're afraid to take time off. But just like with athletes, when they're training, while you're training, you're breaking your muscle down. This is not where you're building up muscle. You're breaking your muscle tissue down. It's only in the recovery that you get stronger. It is the same thing in your business. You are breaking yourself down every single time you work. Are you giving yourself enough time to recover? Are you trusting in the process? Are you still trying to micromanage things? Are you still trying to tell yourself that the more I do, the more I'll get out of this? If you want to look at athletes who just do more, 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 what happens to them? Overtraining, injuries, their bodies break down, they're not performing well consistently, They start having trouble sleeping, they're having trouble keeping up with relationships, their social life struggles. It's that minimum effective dose that we're going for. Athletes also have an open mind for what's coming in during the day. They have a commitment to their greater goals and mission. They're willing to try new things. This is growth mindset. 
So when I was training for swimming when I was in high school, we would train for state every year. So we had this really incredible process that we would go through where we'd have different phases of our training. And one of the phases when we got pretty close to competing, so when we got close to the state meet, is our coaches would introduce these resistance bands. So the resistance bands would be anchored to one side of the pool and it would have a belt that you'd attach around your lap and you would swim away from the attachment point with the resistance band. And the farther you get, the harder it is to swim. <laughs> you just have to, it literally is like the salmon. You're just fighting to go upstream. You're fighting to get further and further and further. And the further that you get, the heavier the resistance feels. And once you can't go any further, you let go and you swim the other direction back towards the attachment point and you are zooming because of all that resistance and the tension that you've built up. So you get to feel the fight, you get to feel the struggle, and then you get to feel the ease and you get to feel the flow. And at first, when my coaches introduced that, I was like, that's ridiculous. I don't want to do that. I did not have a growth mindset. I was pretty close-minded when it came to training for swimming. I had recently moved from Minnesota to Idaho at the time. So I switched coaches. I mean, it was a lot of big life changes at once. And I, this was a very new way of training. So I was, I was definitely pretty skeptical. But then when I realized, whoa, this actually really works after we went to state and I swam better than I ever had before, I was like, all right, I'm, I'm in. I trust. I trust now. And receiving guidance from a coach this is similar to receiving downloads and guidance from the universe. You know, you can choose to listen to the coach and you're probably going to dramatically improve your sport, your swimming, whatever it is, or you can choose not to listen and you can, you know, have that anti-growth mindset where you just want to continue to do the same thing over and over and over and expect the same result. I mean, we know that what that's the definition of, right? Or you can listen. You can be open to new things that maybe... You know, it's that fear of the unknown coming in a little bit. Or you could just make it a lot easier on yourself. Listening to the universe, getting guidance for yourself in the business. This is connecting with your business, realizing that your business has a consciousness, asking it questions, having conversations with it, asking it what it wants, what it needs, how you can support it more fully. This is that consistency. This is showing up for training, even when you don't think it's working. Athletes, they also prepare themselves and their body for the meets, the game, the competition that they might have. They don't just jump into these things without warming up or practicing. They train consistently so that their body is ready for the amount of stimulus, the extra stimulus that competing is going to place on them. If you don't do these things, you're probably going to get injured. You're probably going to have major <laughs> DOMS, delayed onset of muscle soreness for days, maybe, maybe a week. It's like signing up for, let's say, a climbing competition, but then sitting on the couch for three weeks beforehand. It just doesn't make sense. You're just not going to do that. You're going to prepare. You're going to make sure that you're training and you're understanding every single thing that could go wrong. You're understanding the different environments. You're putting yourself in that environment ahead of time so that when it comes time for the competition, for game day, you're ready. You're prepared. It's preparing your mindset just as much as you are your body. So here's what you can learn from athletes about training inside your business. It's that idea of consistency. Again, this doesn't mean every single day you go hard. Absolutely not. But over a period of weeks, days, months, putting in the time and effort to get better at what you do. And it's all just practice. This is growth mindset. There can't be failure when you believe that it's all lessons, it's all growth, it's all about seeking improvement over perfection. Perfection does not exist. <laughs> I know that most everybody listening knows this. But perfection is something that we seek when we've lost sight of the ways that we can improve. Perfection sneaks up when we are only focusing on the end destination and not the journey. Training is incredibly important. What if as a business owner you thought of every workday that you had this is just practice. We're just practicing today. Would that take the pressure off? Would that take some of the stress off? Would you be able to introduce and allow more fun, more flexibility, more play into what you're doing? I bet it would. 
Number eight, athletes progressively overload their training and they measure their progress. Okay, here's what progressive overload is. It's when you gradually increase the weight, the frequency, or number of repetitions, usually not all at once, in your training routine so that you can continue to get stronger, better, or faster. If you never increase the weight or the reps or the volume, your body's going to get used to it and you're not going to get any stronger. Your body adapts so quickly. For example, if you deadlifted 100 pounds, maybe the first time that you deadlifted that 100 pounds, you'd be like, whoa, that is super heavy. But you stayed consistent with it. After about a month, that wouldn't feel as heavy anymore. That 100 pounds would start to feel easy. And that's when you would need to add more weight athletes measuring their progress, one of the ways that I really love to measure how hard we're working is through the rate of perceived exertion. So the RPE, this is to measure your output on any single activity, any single day. So some days that 100 pound deadlift might feel like you're, you're, wow, I just picked that up off the floor. That felt like a feather. Maybe that feels like a four for you on a scale of one to 10, 10 being like, wow, I've never tried so hard on anything in my entire life. And I am dead panting on the floor. Maybe there's a day where you're more emotionally exhausted and you're getting, you know, close to your cycle starting, whatever it is. And you feel like you're trying really freaking hard to lift that hundred pound deadlift off the floor. So maybe you give it a seven. So it's, more exertion that you're putting out. You're exerting more effort in order to get the same result. This is how we start to use this data to measure progress. This is how we start to measure, okay, you know, if this feels like a seven for you consistently and it's not moving down, it's not beginning to feel easier, we need to switch things up. We need to do a different rep scheme. We need to do different exercises so that we can continue to progressively overload your body so that we can elicit different responses. This is typically where you'll see your results plateaued. If you just feel like you're not making any gains anymore, it's probably because you need to progressively overload what you're doing. I mean, it could also be overtraining, but we're gonna, you know, focus on this one point. If you're not making sure that you're continually challenging yourself, continuing getting out of your comfort zone in a safe way, then your body is going to adapt to what it is you're doing and you're not going to see those results anymore. So with the RPE, you can actually start to keep track of how much am I exerting every single day in every single exercise. You can also do a similar thing inside your business. This is checking in with yourself as a business owner. Maybe on some days, things feel harder because where you're at mentally. Sometimes you just have a lot on your plate. You have other obligations. Maybe you're just struggling with the seasons changing. There's a lot of different factors that could go into this. Other weeks, you might have a ton of energy. So maybe you're able to work more. Your RPE is lower so you can actually put some more things onto your plate. I will argue that this is typically not the case for business owners. Typically, it's we got to take things off of your plate so that we can start to find that balance and find what feels good for you. You're really going to start to notice patterns and learn a lot about yourself if you start taking this approach. How am I feeling? What is the level of intensity that I have going on in my life right now? How much am I working and how much is it taking out of me to do this work? This also relates to when you first started your business, you might have seen a lot of change and growth in the beginning, and this might actually be tapering off the longer that you're in business. This just means that you need to get more creative with the way that you're progressively overloading yourself, getting more creative with what it is that you're doing. This is the law of diminishing returns. This refers to a point after the optimal level of capacity where every added unit of production results in a smaller increase in output. Let's say, for example, with that 100-pound deadlift. So somebody that is brand new to deadlifting, they probably could get to 100 pounds pretty quickly. If you start with a 45-pound bar, which is typically the weight of most standard weightlifting bars, you're probably going to be able to add on that 55 pounds and reach 100 pounds relatively quickly. It's probably going to take you 
more time to add on an additional 55 pounds. It will take you less time to go from 45 to 100 than it will take you to go from 100 to 155. This is because when you're new, your body is able to adapt so quickly. You make those gains really, really quickly. The longer that you do something, the longer it will take you to get those results. And this isn't to say like, hey, don't do these things and, and you know, don't put in any effort. It's an opportunity, again, for you to get more creative and to start thinking about what could I be doing differently? How can I still get the results that I want by doing things that are outside of my comfort zone so that I am continuing to challenge myself? The big takeaway here in running a business is when you're new and you're first starting out, everything probably feels like it's out of your comfort zone. You're doing things like posting to Instagram stories, you're creating, you're writing content, coaching. It's a lot of new things. But a couple of months into it, you really get used to it. But if you're never continually challenging yourself, then you're not going to get or elicit the change response that you're looking for. And this doesn't, again, mean doing more things. This means that you need to change what you are doing so that you continue to challenge yourself and push yourself outside of that comfort zone. Keeping in mind being able to track what is my overall training or workload, what is the intensity, what is the frequency, how often am I doing these things? So it's learning how to check in with yourself and how you're feeling instead of just pushing through it all the time. Because if you actually have ways to measure and you're seeing these numbers and you're looking at it, you're like, oh, okay, I have really been pushing it really hard. So maybe what this looks like is you checking in with yourself after every day that you're working. I mean, you could check in with yourself every single day of the week and say, you know, if I were to give today a score on maybe you have a happiness score, 1 to 10. 10 is, I was like, wow, this was incredibly, I was so happy about this, had such a great day. And then you can also score yourself on emotionally, what did this take out of me? How much was I giving? Giving yourself a score of 1 to 10. And then you can also ask yourself, how much was I working? What was my volume for today? 10 being, wow, I could not have worked any more hours of the day. One being like, yeah, I barely worked at all. It was great. You can look at these three separate categories and start to notice, okay, if I am having a really high volume of work, so maybe every single day I'm pretty much working to the max, I'm giving myself a bunch of tens, and then I'm also looking at my happiness score and it's like two or three, that's a pattern. That's something that you've got to change and you have the data to show you. Yeah, it's not like entirely scientific, but that's honestly all you need is to start noticing these things about yourself, your perceptions. Are you happy? Are you working too much? Tracking your progress. And I think when it comes to this as well, especially with goal setting and starting to track your progress towards these goals, it's important to have multiple different goals. You know, it's great to have revenue goals, but I also challenge my clients to ask themselves, how do I want to feel on the other side of this? Equally, if not, I mean, it is more important by far is how you feel throughout the entire process so that you can continue to see growth in all of these aspects. If we are so single-minded and, you know, let's just say, for example, we only have revenue goals. Well, if you're not directly on track to hit that revenue goal, are you going to end up being hard on yourself? Are you going to get down? If you have other goals, you know, let's say, for example, you want to create X amount of free time within your week and you can be working towards that, maybe you're not necessarily hitting the amount of revenue that you want yet, but you have accomplished this other goal, how you feel is so important and how you feel in relation to your goals and how successful you feel will positively add into your ability to reach those goals. It's like looking for the little wins. When I was working as a climbing coach, I would always challenge my clients. You know, they would say, well, I, I didn't send this thing. I didn't send this grade. I didn't break into a new grade. And I'm like, okay, but what did you learn along the way? What are those little wins, the micro wins that we can celebrate? Because when you change that relationship with your goals and with yourself, and all of a sudden you start to see it in a more positive light, that changes everything. It's like this snowball, this good positive snowball. When you have these wins, then you can start to see more. And then your relationship with yourself and the sport becomes more positive and all of a sudden you start winning more and more and more. So where can you do that inside of your own business? Where can you notice the little wins? Where can you broaden the goals that you are setting for yourself? How can you bring them back to 
how am I feeling inside all of this? And if you need to use those tools to measure, I would highly recommend it. If you're anything like me, you might find it kind of hard to drink plain water. <laughs> I know it's good for me. I know I should do it, but I just don't really want to. It's not very uh, inspiring to drink, if you will. So I've been drinking a lot more Organifi, specifically the green juice. Holy shit, I am obsessed with this stuff. I am so, so glad that I tried it out with some non-dairy almond milk because this is a total game changer. It's creamy, it's a little bit sweet, it's minty, it's got tons and tons of health benefits and all wrapped up into one little serving of drink powder. Super, super easy to make. I love putting a scoop of this into my almond milk, shaking it up, putting it in the fridge and drinking it mid-morning when I need that little energy boost, particularly around my workouts or if I'm going to go train. And it has just been such a little treat that I look forward to every single day. Let me tell you, if you were to mix all of these ingredients in individually, whoa, A, that would be super messy, B, it would be very time consuming, and C, it would probably be a lot more expensive than just buying this container. I like hitting the easy button, not gonna lie. I don't need to do everything the hard way. And with ingredients like wheatgrass, moringa, spirulina, chlorella, matcha powder, ashwagandha, red beet powder, turmeric, you really can't go wrong. With 11 different superfoods inside here, green juice is perfect for supporting your body, supporting your stress response, and getting more nutrients in during the day. That is definitely a win-win-win in my mind. So if you are curious about it and want to try out some Organifi for yourself, I highly recommend the green juice. I love all of Organifi's products, but I am particularly obsessed with this one right now. You can go ahead and use the code EXPAND at checkout to save 15% off, which is pretty significant. And while you're at it, if you are looking for some healthier hot chocolate, I would highly recommend the Harmony blend. Oh my God, it's so good. It is so good. I literally look forward to <laughs> a mug of that every single night. I just put a little bit of non-dairy creamer in there, some collagen for some additional health benefits and the glycine that can also support sleep. And I am good to go happy as a little clam. So again, you can use code EXPAND for 15% off your order. If you do go ahead and order, be sure to tag me in your Instagram stories so I can see what you got and see how much you're loving the products. Moving into number seven, and this one is incredibly important, incredibly important. I mean, I could probably do an entire podcast episode just on this one alone, but athletes have different phases within their training. They don't do the same thing all the time. They don't do it in the same way. They're not doing the same exercises, not at the same intensity, the same volume, none of it. It's always changing based on what phase that they're in. So to kind of give you an example, so there's different phases within, let's say, for example, a training plan. When I was a climbing coach, I would program for my athletes and for my clients and build in different things that they're doing. I mean, A, so they're not getting bored, <laughs> B, so they have that progressive overload in order to reach their goals. We need to continually be challenging the body and there's a specific way of putting things together that makes sense so the athlete can perform their best. It's giving them the best possible chance of pushing themselves, of reaching those new levels, of setting records, whatever their goals are. So that first phase is gonna be the build phase. This is usually what's called a base phase. Then we move into something like a power block. Then we move into an endurance phase a performance phase, and then rest. Notice how rest is. <laughs> it is actually part of this as a phase. And then we start the process all over again. But notice how it's not go, go, go all the time. That's because it would be unsustainable. If you are always in that building base phase, you're probably going to burn out. You need those other phases in order to balance things out. 
most athletes are in it for the long haul. You know, they, they want to be able to perform. They want to be able to do the thing that they're doing for years to come. And no matter how much we want progress to be linear, there are peaks and valleys. There are ebbs and flows, just like with performance and strength gains. And with these cycles, when we start back over after the rest and go back into the build phase, we're not starting from zero. We are starting from a higher starting point than we did before. It's like moving the needle up and up and up and allowing your body to go through these periods and these cycles where you're resting, recovering, resetting, and restarting. So each of these phases within the build phase, the power, the endurance, the performance, the rest, there are three factors that you can really look at. And I like to think of these as turning them up and down like dials. So let's say, for example, I mean, you can only have 100% of anything at any given time. If you are turning all of these up to 100, the factors are intensity, volume, frequency. If you are going ham every day, you're doing it a lot and a lot of it that's a recipe for burnout, disaster, injury, like major things are going to be happening. So if you have 100% of your pie chart, you have to modify and turn down each one of these dials because if you go over 100%, then you're going to go into that overtraining mode and you're not going to see those gains that you want. You're going to have those diminishing returns much faster. So within each of these phases, looking at the intensity, the volume, and the frequency with the build phase or the base phase. This is generally the longest phase for most athletes. There's more strength training. There's a little bit more volume and work involved. And the volume is high. We're, we're doing a lot of things. We're building. The intensity, though, it's moderate. We aren't going ham. We aren't going balls to the wall 24-7. This is not the phase for that. The frequency is also relatively high. We're training pretty often because we want to make sure that we're building up that base. Then when we move into the power block, these dials start to turn. This is typically a shorter phase where we're focusing on moving fast and efficiently. This is all about experimentation, pushing your limits. It's all about velocity. How fast, how effective can you move? The volume in this phase is lower. If you're doing power sessions all the time, Oof, not, not good. It's really intense on your body. It is, has an extremely high intensity. And because of that, the frequency needs to be low and the volume needs to be low. So you can kind of see in your mind how all these dials are turning. Because we have the intensity dial way up, the other two must come down. In the endurance phase, what we're focusing on is building stamina. You're strong, you're efficient at this point, And now we're looking to go for longer periods of time. This is where the volume, it's a little bit higher. The intensity is quite low because it's really difficult to go fast and far at the same time. So we're just focusing on going far. And the frequency is also quite low. So again, noticing how these dials are changing as we're in these different phases. Then we get to the performance phase. It's game time, baby! But you wouldn't go into a performance phase. You know, this could be something like a launch inside your business, if you want to think about it that way. You wouldn't go into this after a base or a build phase, you're not going to perform well because you're not ready. You haven't been recovering. In the power and the endurance phases, you're typically turning the frequency, all of these things down so that your body can start to recover after that longer base phase. In the performance phase, the volume is relatively low. We're focused on performance. The intensity is usually quite high. You're trying the hardest that you can. You're really pushing yourself and the frequency is relatively low. And after this, the athlete is usually ready for rest, whether they want it or not. What I find with both myself and the athletes that I used to work with is after the performance phase, there are a couple weeks where you're like, wow, whew, I suck at this sport. <laughs> what am I doing here? And it's the same thing in your business. This might be through, you just went through a really big launch. And then the next two weeks after that, you're like, I'm wrecked. Like, I don't feel like I can do anything. I can't you know, produce sentences, words, my brain is pretty much blank. This is where building in rest is incredibly important. Incredibly important because if you never give yourself time off, how are you ever going to expect to grow and build? 
And I know a lot of athletes specifically, they have this fear of losing gains, the fear of losing momentum. And it doesn't actually happen as quickly as most people think it does. And if you've built up that strong base, you're going to come back to the season or the sport stronger than you did a few months ago. And you're going to be building from that new starting point. You're not starting over at zero. It's the same thing with your business. All this momentum that you've built up, all the work that you've done is not for nothing when you take rest. When you come back, it will still be there. It will be waiting for you. And you deserve to take that time off. It also, you know, distance allows the heart to grow fonder. So when you take some time off and you come back and you're rested and rejuvenated and you actually give yourself time to be creative again, all of a sudden you're inspired to create. You're inspired to connect. You have a bigger capacity for helping and supporting people. I mean, for me, I've taken quite a bit of time off this year and I feel like I have a larger capacity than I have in, I mean, probably honestly two years to take on more clients and to do more client work. But it's only because I've taken that rest. If I were to keep piling it on and piling it on, I would I would have reached total burnout without a doubt. Without a doubt, if I wouldn't have given myself permission to rest, we probably wouldn't be having this amazing conversation right now. So why this matters in your business? I mean, this relates to launching, seasons of your business, going through phases. This helps you learn your own energy management. Launching, it can be a big energy expenditure. It's kind of like a game, a meet, or a competition. This is where all of your practice pays off. All of those days of work, we're putting it into a launch and we are calling people into working with us. It's an experimentation. Let's just see what happens. But you can't go hard all the time. You cannot launch all the time. I mean, you can, but oof, yikes. Unless you've figured out a way to do that where literally, you know, your your rate of perceived exertion is like two (laughs) on that scale. And if that's the case, please come talk to me. But it is these phases. It's knowing and trusting that you get to go through these phases of your business. And if you just go hard all the time, you're going to hit burnout, you're going to hit exhaustion, you're going to get sick, you're probably going to have trouble sleeping, you're probably going to notice a downward shift in your mood, an upward tick in your anxiety levels. You're probably going to notice that you're actually starting to repel people with the energy that you have because you're just not giving yourself a chance to rest. In different seasons of your business, you know, it is what it is sometimes. Sometimes no amount of training or forcing things to happen will create the results that you want. And I hate to say this, but it's true sometimes. This is just feedback to do things differently. Going into launches, maybe you're feeling really confident, but at the end of it, maybe you don't get the amount of signups that you want. Maybe you didn't make the amount of money that you wanted. And this could just be as simple as maybe the timing was off. Maybe you didn't rest as much as you thought. And that energy is coming through and people can feel that. Maybe you didn't give yourself enough time to recover. Again, this is all just information. It's not saying you're a bad business owner. It's not saying you made a mistake. It's just saying, can we do it differently next time? You'll have stages of massive growth followed by more still or stagnant periods. And it's not a reflection of you as a business owner. I need to make that very clear. If you are somebody that maybe you saw quite a bit of success, you hit your highest income month, you took on quite a few clients, you're hitting these new highs... And then that's followed by a period of time where you're not hitting those same levels. You're not being consistent with that. It is okay and it is normal. Each cycle, let's say with the season, it has its beauty. With spring, there's new life, there's growth, it's warming up. You know, things are really exciting. Then we move into summer, it's vibrant, it's full of energy, full of life. And then it hits that period of time where it's too hot and moves into fall. Things start cooling down we start feeling like we need to ground a little bit more move into winter. This is returning home, anchoring in, preparing, getting ready for spring. This is your business. If you can compare your business to the seasons, the cycles, these phases, then you'll start to notice that it's normal to not be consistently producing the same amount, whether that's content, taking on clients, revenue, all the time. And I hope that that gives you a little bit of permission to tap into your humanness because you are not a robot. You are not just put here to be a machine and to produce all the time. Absolutely not. This will also help you to learn how to manage your energy during a certain season or during a launch. It helps you learn how you operate, what you need. Simply recognizing what phase you are in can be really helpful and keeping those factors like intensity, volume, and frequency in mind. Like those dials, they, they all can't be turned up at the same time. 
it's gonna sound terrible. Like, I'm thinking of the stereo where you're, like, trying to turn the bass up all the way, you're also turning the volume up all the way, and you're also trying to increase the treble. Like, there's just too much going on. So, we gotta find that balance for you. Alrighty, here we are, number six. Okay, this is maybe one of my favorite ones because as a projector in human design, I was not put on this world to be a workhorse. It is just not in my nature. I definitely need a lot more rest than the other human design types, and I was really resistant to this for a very long time, and then I was like, wait, what if I could actually just get eight hours of work done in four hours, and I can use my projector skills to be more efficient at what it is that I want to do? And it really got me thinking of the minimum effective dose. What are the things that we can do that move the needle forward that improve the business to where we're not just adding more to our plates. This is exactly what athletes do. They find the minimum effective dose that is going to be effective for them improving their athletic performance without adding more so that they're not potentially going into the burnout, into the exhaustion, into the overtraining. Because once you hit that, it's going to take so much longer to get back to where you were. That is a very long roadblock to come back from, is that overtraining, overexhausted state. I've definitely been there before. I've been there with my business as well. And I can tell you that it's not worth it. It's not worth going there. So I know a lot of athletes plan to be to be in their sports for the long run. I mentioned that. And for me, I plan on doing my sports for the rest of my life. And I want to continue moving and performing well for the next 30 plus years. Finding that minimum effective dose is what will allow me to be consistent for longer. Wouldn't you rather spend less time than spending more time doing things if you're going to get the same amount of gains at the end of it? Absolutely. And here's the thing about the minimum effective dose. This is probably one of the most important pieces. Life happens. Injuries, setbacks, deaths in the family, illness, breakups, moving, whether or not you want them to, the only constant in our lives is change. Rigidity is not invited and not welcome here. If you have no ability to be flexible in the way that you are training, running your business, and something like this happens, a big life event happens, and all of a sudden you can't show up, you can't be consistent, then that's not helping you. That's not actually supporting you in a holistic point of view or a holistic field. So if one of these things happens, which it will at some point, and then you're beating yourself up about not being able to show up, not being consistent, and you're adding to that negative self-talk, you're making yourself feel really bad about this because you just have so much on your plate, you're just doing so many things, you're in that mindset of the more that I do, the more that I make, the more successful that I am, you're stuck in scarcity mindset. It's going to feel really difficult when one of these things pops up. And if the way that you are running your business isn't sustainable through a major life event, it's not a strategy. It's a box and you are sticking yourself in that box. You have to be able to find what works for you and give yourself permission to release or experiment with the rest. With athletes, what this looks like, and oh my God, I've had this so, so often when I was working as a climbing coach, athletes would come to me and they're like, hey, I'm climbing four days a week. I also run four days a week. I lift twice a week and I do abs seven days a week. And I'm like, wow. Okay. So every day of the week you're doing things. Some days you're doing multiple things. What happens when you get sick? Are you able to still maintain that routine? Definitely not. That's way too much for one person. And because you're doing all of that, you're probably actually stunting the amount of gains that you could be getting in this one area because you're trying to add all of these different things. You're breaking your body down. You're making your body tired. Remember, we don't build muscle when we're working out. We build muscle when we're resting. So if you're never giving yourself that time to recover, when are you actually getting stronger? It's one of those things where you have to check in with yourself and you have to ask your brain, am I just doing more things because it's potentially soothing the amount of anxiety that I have surrounding growth? Understanding that that can be self-sabotage, telling yourself that you have to continue to do more and more and more just so that you're kind of soothing that, that overlying anxiety. But in reality, the effect that it's having is it isn't bringing you closer to your goals. It's bringing you farther away because it's making you more tired. And it's trying to trap you into this box telling you that you have to do things this certain way or it's not going to work. The further that you get in your business, the more difficult you might find it to plan. This is something that I'm really experiencing a lot. And oof, the more that I plan things, the more that I'm like, I don't want to do that when it comes up to it. And it's, you know, partly my rebel nature, but it's also partly 
I trust myself to take inspired action and I trust myself to have that space and room to grow. I don't need to have every single little thing planned out. In fact, it's actually detrimental for me to have everything planned out because it's not giving me any breathing room to talk about things that are inspiring me, to allow downloads to come in. It's the same thing with athletes being able to balance their training with their social life. If they're just so hyper-focused on the training, they're going to miss out on a lot of other things. So having a little bit of flexibility in there. And one other thing that I want you to think about is, what's the rush? If you have an abundance mindset and you're believing that what you want also wants you, you're believing that the things that you want are inevitable, they're already happening, they're already existing in a, in a specific time plane, you just need to be able to step into that plane. If you knew your goals were inevitable, how would you act? How would you do things differently? It's like moving from this urgency energy to steadfastness. I'm going to be here. I'm going to do this thing. And yes, I'm going to work hard. I'm going to show up. I'm going to train every day with those built-in rest periods. Because again, that is also equally important. But you're showing up every day for your goals. Whether that's a training day or rest day. Whether it's a work day or a day off of work. You're still keeping that in mind. A lot of the times, more is just more. So it's taking account. What are the things that I'm doing right now? Understanding your needle movers and being able to release and experiment with the rest. Question everything. I can't say this enough. If you are telling yourself that you have to do something a certain way, but it's not making you feel good, you're not actually seeing results from it. Why are you doing it? You know, needle movers could look like a weekly newsletter, getting your clients epic results, so working really closely with clients, creating a new offer, working on your mindset can be a really important one as well. The more that you shift out of scarcity mindset into abundance mindset, the more that you're going to realize, okay, I can actually slow down. It is safe for me to slow down. Finding your own personal minimum effective dose. What are the things that you can sustain, that you enjoy doing, that you're excited about, that you see return on your investment that you can do week in and week out, even when big life events are happening. What are those things? Everything else after that is a bonus and it's extra. Think about the first things that start to fall off your plate when shit hits the fan, or maybe you get sick or whatever it is. You start to get stressed out. Those things that you're telling yourself that you have to do in order to be successful, you probably don't have to do them start to question these things. Take a time audit. This is a really big thing that I do with my clients is uh, we need to figure out how they're spending their time because there are probably a lot of things in there that they think they have to or should do that aren't actually getting them the results that they're wanting. So when we start to pare these things down and we focus on here are your needle movers, here are the things that when you spend time on these things, you grow your business. And it is, we can see that directly. We can see that direct correlation between you doing this thing putting out this podcast episode, working with clients, whatever it is, and you growing as a business. Figuring those things out for yourself, really, really important. I absolutely love this concept of minimum effective dose. I think that we can 100% borrow this from athletes and apply it to ourselves inside of our businesses. Okay, that was numbers 10 through 6. I'm so excited to share the top 5 with you in the next episode. If you enjoyed this, please, please, please tag me on Instagram. I would love to hear your thoughts from this episode. I am so pumped on this topic. I mean, I, I kind of figured this was going to be a long podcast episode. I did not think it would go over an hour, but here we are. Thanks for sticking with it. Hopefully you learned a lot. I feel like this is one of those episodes where you kind of need to take notes. So thank you so much for being here. I will talk to you next episode. I can't wait to share part two with you. If you haven't yet left a rating and review, I would really highly appreciate it. It really helps me. It helps other people find the show. If you have friends that are athletes, go ahead, send them this show. If they also own a business, they're going to learn so much. I would be so appreciative. I will talk to you next episode.